Welcome to This Week in the State Line, a conversation with the local people and local topics you care about. Welcome to a brand new year of This Week in the State Line. I am Steve Summers, and we start off this morning with Gigi's Playhouse Rockford, celebrating 10 years of serving the State Line area. Good morning to our Executive Director of Gigi's Playhouse Rockford, Karen Carlson. Good morning, Karen. How are you? Good morning, Steve. I am doing well. Thanks for having me on. And a happy new year to you, and congratulations. You made it 10 years in Rockford. It's hard to believe, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So if my math is right, Gigi's Playhouse Rockford launched in 2011. How did it all start? Wow. Yep. January 8th, 2011, on a snowy Saturday morning, if I have the story right. I wasn't there, unfortunately. But um, going back 10 years to the start of it all, I actually have to go back about 18 months before that when our founding board member and actually current board president, um, Penny Wurchis, her grandson, Landon, was born in July of 2009, unexpectedly with Down syndrome. And I think like so many families, when a child with Down syndrome is born unexpectedly, it just left them kind of, you know, wondering, what are we going to do? to make the world the best we can for our child. And for Penny and her husband, Hal, who are kind of people who are like doers, we got to figure out something to do. Friends of that of theirs told them about a relatively new place at the time called Gigi's Playhouse in Hoffman Estates. And they went in to take a visit and left there energized with a sense of purpose And they came home and decided to have a meeting with some folks at Easter Seals and with parents of other children in the area who had Down syndrome and with some folks who they thought might support them in the area in terms of funding and put out a bunch of feelers and figured out that there might be some great support for bringing a playhouse to Rockford. And um, for anyone who's ever met Penny Wurchis, that you might understand that uh, that kind of set everything in high gear. (laughs) And uh, the next 18 months was a whirlwind um, with two capital campaigns and fundraisers and and everything moving in in high gear and doing a, a build out and thousands of hours of volunteer time and people just pitching in left and right, doing a build-out and getting the playhouse ready. And and uh, that all led to the playhouse opening on January 8th, 2011. It's so comforting to know that Gigi's Playhouse Rockford is there now. We all take it for granted. But I can testify, 21 years ago, I believe it was, 22 years now, uh, back in 1999, when I had a daughter diagnosed with Down syndrome, my heart stopped because I had no idea what it was, what was going to happen, and fate stepped in. I didn't have to worry, but it, there's a lot of families who go through that panic, and I bet you, without Gigi's Playhouse Rockford, those pam- those families still would be feeling a lot of loss. Right. Well, and I think that, you know, the, the Playhouse was, was really, it's... One of those ideas, honestly, that I think was 
it was one of those things that the 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 idea was something that its time had had come there there just weren't a lot of services for individuals with down syndrome and unfortunately still at that time when when the original playhouse opened in Hoffman Estates in 2004 and when the Rockford Playhouse opened here in 2011, we were only the seventh playhouse in the nation. And to give you an idea how great of a need there were, there was for this type of service, um, like I said, we were the seventh playhouse in the nation. Now, just 10 years later, there are 50 playhouses from coast to coast in the United States and in Mexico. And so that type of explosive growth tells you that there is just such a huge need for services for individuals with Down syndrome. And I think it's because that traditionally, if you go back historically, people didn't recognize that individuals with Down syndrome are so capable of, of contributing, so, so able to, to make contributions to society, so capable of leading fulfilling lives. You know, they were, they were typically just kind of kept at home or until very recently, until about 35 years ago, really were generally institutionalized and their lives can be so much more than that. And so what Gigi's Playhouse has done is, is brought um, people with Down syndrome into the 21st century, so to speak. You know, it, it's given them a place that's their own. And, and created a safe space for them where they can come to learn, to grow, to be accepted, to, to thrive, to come in and try new things, to be among their peers, to be among other people who are like them, to, to never have to worry about being judged. And, you know, they, they come in, they kick their shoes off, they, they get to to have a good time and and learn in a in an environment where where they know that if they fail it's okay they can try again and they're always going to be encouraged and when they get it right they're going to be applauded and and when when they achieve something we're going to celebrate it and it's just, it's a great environment for both the families and our participants. And it's just, it's just a really cool place. And it's hard to describe if you've never been here. All right. So how many individuals, participants, or families actually utilize Gigi's Playhouse Rockford? And what are the counties that we serve? So we serve uh, roughly 375 individuals with Down syndrome and their families across five counties. And um, the the cool thing about the Playhouse is is that for the lifetime of our participants, um, there is never a charge for services. So uh, because we never want cost to be a barrier to our families, because most families who have a child with Down syndrome have so many other bills and expenses to worry about. So um, that's why we rely so heavily on donors and sponsors and grants to be able to fund the expense of running the Playhouse because there is no charge. Families never pay a single dollar 
to come to the playhouse literally from birth or diagnosis throughout the lifetime of the participant. All of the services are free for the families. So it's, it's community support is utterly the, the lifeblood of the playhouse. 100% free for the lifetime of the participants. Is there yep. funding from the state? Is there federal government? Or is it all 100% from the community donating? It's all from the community. Wow. 100%. How do we get the help out? How does someone listening in right now or a company right now saying, I want to be a part of Gigi's Playhouse Rockford, I never realized. And now that you're 10 years old, how do I get involved? There are, there are so many ways. You know, you can go to our um, website and make a, a donation at ggsplayhouse.org slash Rockford. There's a donor page, very easy way to make a donation. You can call the Playhouse at, at uh, 815-654-7529 and, and ask for more information. You can come in for a tour. We're, we're at 8801 North 2nd Street in Machesney Park and get more information. We're always looking for volunteers for programs. Right now, one of our bigger needs is for volunteers to help with virtual programming. Being in the COVID universe, we're kind of doing hybrid programming right now where we're, we're doing things in kind of the virtual universe and in the in-person plane. So, um, and that will probably be our reality for, for a while going forward um, because we always have to be cognizant of the fact that individuals with Down syndrome have frequently have compromised immune systems. So we have to be very careful with that. Um, so, you know, volunteers at Gigi's Playhouse historically is um, almost exclusively volunteer-run organization. We, we serve 375 people with Down syndrome with a staff of only three people. Mm. So volunteers are critical to what we do. All right, Playhouse dot org slash Rockford. It's G I G I S, not G G G I G I S Playhouse dot org slash Rockford. That's the important part. Correct. And uh, you can yeah. make your donations there. You can find out more details about their services and, and be a part of something special. Ten years ago, it all started. Uh, just it's a dream, and somebody said, "Why not?" And look what we have exactly here in the area. Gigi's Playhouse Rockford. Uh, Executive Director Karen Carlson of Gigi's Playhouse Rockford. Thank you so much and happy anniversary, I guess I should say. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. We appreciate it. Uh, this week in the state line will continue in a moment. The National Runaway Safe Line helps keep America's runaway, homeless, and at-risk youth safe and off the streets. We're here to help 24 hours a day, 365 days a year through the 800 Runaway Hotline, as well as online services at 1-800-RUNAWAY.org. This weekend, the state line is on. I am Steve Summers being joined by Jean Lopez, the Events and Communications Coordinator for Keep Northern Illinois Beautiful. Good morning, Jean. How are you? I am fine. Good morning, Steve. And uh, happy New Year, I guess I would say, because now that we're past Christmas, it's time to start thinking about New Year's. So Yes, it sure is. 
<laughs> so the decorations start to come down, and yes, your house will look like the Grinch went through it and took everything, including the hoo-hash. But uh, the Christmas tree is what we're talking about now because we're trying to keep them out of landfills, and that's where Keep Northern Illinois Beautiful, their tree recycling sites, come into play. And you're doing it again this year. How many years have you been doing this? Uh, we've been, you, you know, I don't know the exact number, but we've been doing this quite a number of years. Um, it's one of those things that it, it's the... The tree is the gift that keeps on giving, so we keep trying to keep it going. We have um, added a new site or two every couple years uh, to make it easier for the people to uh, recycle their tree and then get mulch out of it at the end. So the trees themselves are what we're going to talk about, and then we can get into some of the locations because... My gosh, Keep Northern Illinois Beautiful is pretty much all across Northern Illinois now. So uh, the tree, how do we bring the tree to these sites? Okay, if you have a real tree that is not flocked, flocked is that white stuff that's sprayed onto it. So if it's a real tree that is not flocked, when you are done with your tree, after you remove all the ornaments, the tinsel, the garland, um, and the lights, and so it's a naked tree. You can bring it to one of these many sites and drop it off just until the 15th of January. Um, after that, uh, the trees will be turned into mulch, and you can come back and get free mulch. Just bring your own container and take as much that is there, however much you need, um, and it, until it runs out. So we'll go at least till February 28th uh, while supplies last. And the point is to keep it out of the landfills for the garbage areas because we're actually recycling by using it for mulch, which I understand is very acidic and it's great for some plants. Yes, yes. It's perfect for your your ground cover and your plants. Um, and again, it's one of those things that instead of putting it in a landfill where it's just going to sit for hundreds of years or however long it takes, uh, you can now get the mulch, put it back on your plants and watch your plants grow from the benefit of your Christmas tree. All right, so now when we bring the tree there, we've got to make sure there's no wires, no stands, because I can't believe people would actually leave it in the stand. I'm sure you've seen that, right? <laughs> we have. We have seen a little bit of everything. So no bows, um, no wire. Uh, we'll take wreaths, but, well, we really don't take wreaths, but because there's wire in there, and those kind of things get, will jam up the chipping machine. So we don't take the plastic bags. We don't take the decorations. Um, no flock trees, and believe it or not, a few people have left stands there. Um, however, Keep Northern Illinois Beautiful will take the lights separately. You can't dump them there, but if you bring them to one of our recycle facilities, we will take those. I never thought about that. That's right, because there's wire inside those lights. Yes, and those can jam up the machines. So that's why um, the thing with Reese, they have the wires to hold it on and things like that. The flocking is also something that can jam up the equipment, believe it or not. Oh. So that's why it has to be a plain naked tree. All right, so here's the deal. We have numerous locations where you can drop off your tree, and those locations uh, where you drop them off are clearly marked. You just don't drive into the park and then dump it somewhere. There's a clearly marked area, right? Yes, there is a very clearly marked area. There are signs that will tell you where to put them, and more than likely you will see other people who have dropped their trees. Um, it will also tell you that you cannot drop trees after the 15th, but it will say to come back and get some mulch. Um, so there's signs all over. And, of course, our website, 
www.knib.org. We'll have all of these if you're not sure where to go. All right, so knib.org. In Rockford, it's Alpine Park, Andrews Park, Gambino Park, Levings Lake, and Sandy Hollow. Um, Harlem District, you got the uh, what? Schoonmaker Park? Yes, that's a new one this year. Uh, Schoonmaker Park on Ventura Boulevard. So that the drop-off is right inside the park to the left. You can't miss it. All right, Cherry Valley, you got Bowman Park, Loves Park, Martin Park, the Rockton Boat Ramp. I think it's been there since the beginning. Yes. The boat ramp has been there uh, probably the longest, and that is one of those things that people keep trying to drop their trees off after the deadline. And we hope they don't do that because we have to pay somebody extra to go and ship that after the fact, and it's very expensive. And we're trying not to uh, incur any more charges, so we hope that people will just follow the rules and get them out by the 15th. In Roscoe Valley View Farms, Pecatonica Wetlands Forest Preserve, and the Davis Village Hall in the Village of Davis. So the trees need to be dropped off between January 1st and January 15th. Yes. Okay, what about those people who just, uh, Christmas is over, they take the tree down, like on the 26th, and they don't know what to do with it? They hold on to it till January 1st then? Yes, or I believe their trash hauler may take them. Uh, that is something that all they have to do is call their trash hauler and find out if they will be accepted. I believe they will, but I don't want to speak for them. Um, but yes, there are those people who take them down right away, and they can... Uh, go with the trash hauler then. But if you do that, then you're kind of defeating the whole purpose of the recycling. Absolutely. It's going to the landfill. All right, so so we, we appreciate when people will just hold off a little bit longer. If they have to get it out of their house, maybe they can put it by the side of their house outside. And then when it's time, just bring it on over to one of these locations. I've actually done it. I stuck it in a snowbank, and it looked like I had a tree in my yard for yes, a while. Yes, yes, I've done that too, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I waited till the uh, window to drop off your trees for recycling. And you feel so good when you drop off your tree because you know you're doing something good for the environment. Then you go back for the mulch, and you take Absolutely. a shovel and a bucket, you get as much as you want, right? Yes, as much as you want. Just bring your own containers. Now, who's doing all the chipping? Is that donated as well and the shredding? Um, no, we are using Harwick Tree Service. Um, he goes out approximately on the 7th for the first chipping, where he will uh, mulch down the trees to start the process. And then after the 15th, he will come out again, like the 16th or the 17th, and do the rest of the chipping, and the mulch will stay there until the end of February or while supplies last. Do you think you're going to surpass that $1 million mark for Christmas trees soon? I know you've been recycling for years, as you said. you got to be I hope close. so. I was trying to get that exact number, and I didn't get it in time. But, yes, I'm hoping. We're getting up there. A million trees this year. That would be awesome. Um, no. You know, no. The, uh, the process doesn't just stop after January 15th. You recycle throughout the entire year, and it's plastics, glass, and everything. Yes. Um, we have two locations, McChesney Park and uh, South Alpine and Hydraulic Road in Rockford. And we take the same exact items at both locations. We have different hours for each so that because we are volunteer-based, and our volunteers come out, swoop in, help all the people who bring items to us, and then we can get that process going and continued. But, yes, it's a wonderful thing, and we have a huge list of what we do take, what we don't take, uh, what the ha- household hazardous waste site takes, which is run by the city. Um, so we're a comprehensive resource. 
And so we are talking to Jean Lopez of Keep Northern Illinois Beautiful. Go to KNIB, Keep Northern Illinois Beautiful, KNIB.org, and get all the details. Because remember, every day is Earth Day. And Jean, I have to tell you, I have utilized the 4665 hydraulic road location to recycle like TVs and some other things, and it's quite the operation. You pull through, and there's like a bazillion people working. Yes, there is. We have the best volunteers, and we usually get you in and out very, very quickly because of all the people helping. And, and so we're we talking about it. some of the things that you, you shouldn't throw away with, like old air conditioners and such and TVs. They take care of all that. We do. Um, there are certain items, unfortunately, that we have to charge for because we have to pay somebody such as like if you have an item with a refrigerant, like an air conditioner or refrigerator, we have to pay somebody to remove the refrigerant out of it. Um, And we have a certified licensed person who does that. And that's because the EPA determines that it has to be done a certain way. So we follow all those rules. And it's same with a TV or a computer monitor. Other from that, for residents, it's Basically, all the other items are free to drop off, and if you have a question, check the website or give us a call. Very comprehensive website. Everything you need is right there. So keep Northern Illinois beautiful. Their Christmas tree recycling program back again this year, January 1st through the 15th. Turn your Christmas tree into the gift that keeps on giving recycled mulch and keep the environment healthy at the same time. Gene, thank you so much for what you do and for um, updating us on the tree drive. It's one of those things where you can make it a family event, just like going to cut down your tree. You can make it a family event to uh, recycle, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, again, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Steve. Thank you so much. (laughs) This weekend, the state line continues in a moment. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us all, but we can turn worry into action. Wear a mask and keep six feet of space between yourself and others in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you're sick. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more. Welcome back to This Week in the State Line. I'm Steve Summers. Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara now joins us this morning. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm doing great, Steve. Uh, So good to be on with you, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year right back at you. So uh, let's start off the new year with some of the uh, COVID updates, because if those numbers stay low any day now, we could be released to a different tier, according to Governor Pritzker. So what about the COVID update for 2022 as we get rolling? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, So host of updates here, right? Uh, Number one, uh, our positivity rate is increasing a bit. We're now in uh, just over 11%. uh, But there's some good news here. Uh, One, I I believe, and this is just Tom McNamara's opinion, I believe we're going to have another couple of days of increased positivity, and then I think we're going to see that reduce. Uh, And it's been increasing pretty quickly, and I think it'll reduce uh, equally as quickly. Uh, this increases uh, right now is because of Christmas and New Year's, which we knew was going to occur because people were still going to gather, even though we told them not to. Uh, but the good news is this. Uh, the governor came out and said uh, on January 15th, those municipalities uh, and those, uh, I'm sorry, those regions that are below 12% can start moving away from Tier 3 mitigation. So, Right now, we if we stay the course, we continue to be vigilant. We continue to wear face coverings, protect ourselves, and care for one another, uh, and practice social distancing. We will be out of this mitigation. The other good news is uh, more and more vaccine is coming into our area. Uh, we're getting the Moderna as well as the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, just yesterday, they began giving the second dose 
of the vaccine to those um, uh, healthcare uh, healthcare employees who received the first dose of uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So this is all really good news. We need to uh, stay the course, continue to be vigilant. I know uh, it's a tiring thing, and I know I keep saying the same thing, and so do you, Steve, but this is it. We're, we're right at the, the line, and uh, I think we'll start to see our positivity rate decrease in just a handful of days, and we'll be able to get out of these uh, really difficult uh, tier three state mandated mitigations. And when it comes to the vaccine, do we have a choice on which brand we can take, or is it just what's administered when we're told? And and where do we get these vaccines at? Yeah, so good questions. And I'll be upfront. I'm not an expert here, so I don't want to speak out of turn. My understanding is that you don't get the choice. Uh, I guess you potentially could if you waited a really long period, but we don't advise that. Uh, so my understanding is you do not get a choice. Second is that you can begin signing up. We are working through a very uh, detailed and inclusive plan uh, that we believe uh, is equitable to all. And so we're still in this phase 1A, uh, ensuring that our healthcare experts, congregate living uh, facilities, and those working in the healthcare industry are getting the vaccine because they're most at risk. They're working with it every single day. And you can look at the plan uh, at the Winnebago County Health Department website. And you can also sign up and pre-register for the vaccine. I've done that as well, and I would encourage everyone to do so. Uh, and you can register for that at the Winnebago County Health Department website. And you can find those links if you want to be directly linked to it at the City of Rockford's Facebook page and or Winnebago County Health Department's Facebook page. All right, excellent. So as we get into a new year, um, any new ordinances, any new laws or anything that you're proud of or we should know about? You know, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, We just passed, uh, just this past Monday, what I believe is a really wonderful ordinance for the city of Rockford. It's it's not deemed a local preference ordinance, but this is how it works. Uh, we know that the city of Rockford as an organization spends millions of dollars every year, uh, and we spend a, a tremendous amount of those dollars on public works projects. So I put forward an ordinance that said if you're a local company that employs uh, at least 50% of your employees are from our area, uh, you can check a box and get, uh, we'll say, a preference on getting contracts with the city. I think this, and this was passed nearly unanimously at city, uh, by committee and at city council. And so now it's in effect so that our dollars, our citizens' tax dollars, stay here locally, helping to employ our local uh, residents uh, and helping uh, boost the bottom lines of our local companies. I think this is a tremendous ordinance that keeps our dollars here working for us and keeping our people working. Is, is there a name for this ordinance or just ordinance? I mean... <laughs> so we actually it was just an adjustment to our purchasing ordinance so it's it's underneath our purchasing ordinance but if you had to give it a name uh, you could safely call it a local preference ordinance local preference ordinance okay great uh, as we wind down and, and look ahead into 2021 2020 was a very violent crime run uh, highest violent crimes in our city and forever. Uh, so what are we going to do as we go ahead into 2022 with violent crimes? Yeah, so certainly can't shy away from this. Public safety has been and will continue to be my top priority. A couple of things, and bear with me as I say this, Steve, and hopefully it comes out the way I want it. 
uh, our numbers were horrific and they were unacceptable. Uh, with that being said, I do believe we have a number of the pieces in place to have a quick turnaround. Uh, so this is not just a policing uh, concern. This needs to be a community concern and needs a holistic approach to fighting back to violent crime. And so absolutely, we need a strong police department. And I would argue that we have one of the best in the state. Uh, and so we're going to continue to make sure that they have the resources and tools necessary to do their job efficiently and effectively. Uh, next, we really have to focus on education Education, we uh, need to make sure that all of our young people are reading at grade level by third grade. Uh, I'm proud to be on a, a committee and a citywide board working to ensure that that's possible. And next, we also, with education, need to ensure that they have hope and opportunities moving forward. And I think that's where the Rockford Promise comes into play. It provides those young people hope and provides them economic opportunities that will last them a lifetime so that they don't need to turn to violent crime. Next, we have to look at the trauma that our young people uh, are incurring, uh, really by no fault of their own. If that's a trauma because they've seen violence in their home, domestic violence, or if it's violence that they're seeing in their neighborhoods, or if it's poverty, uh, and that trauma that poverty can cause, we have to address trauma. And I think that's where Camp Hope comes in. And then we also have to look at what we're doing, and we have to say, hey, Everything that we're doing isn't obviously working, so let's uh, switch it up. We need more reentry programs, we need more diversion programs, and we need more no-entry programs so that those young people never enter the system. So I think you're going to see us take a holistic approach, and uh, just in moments uh, when I get off the phone with you, Steve, I'm going to be, uh, I meet with the faith community, uh, about 60 to 90 different pastors uh, at least once a month, and I'm going to be calling on them to step up, and we really need our entire community to wrap our arms around uh, our young people in the city of Rockford to show them that they do belong here, that there is hope here, and that there's alternatives to what they may be seeing in their own home, on their own streets, or in, in large part in their city. I, I think it's wonderful the government's involved, the community's going to get involved, but let's not forget it all does come to families and we all have a responsibility. You just can't say, well, it's up to the city of Rockford to make it all good. I mean, we all have to take some invested time into the families to make sure that this doesn't go on. Steve, you're so right. I mean, you look at a, a huge chunk of our crime that are coming from juveniles turning to violence, right? And yes, we absolutely need to address those juveniles, but we also have to address the entire family because there's a lot that is failing them. And I'm not saying it's just the family that's failing them. It certainly isn't. Yeah, the city has, neighbors have, the entire community has. But those family members have to be bought in. We have to get them the resources that they need to turn their lives around. And so this is a systemic issue that we need to address head on, and that's what Rockford always does. We address these uh, really difficult issues head on, and we do it together, and that's what makes us a resilient, uh, wonderful place to live. And we'll end on a positive note. The Family Peace Center is apparently looking for case managers, and I heard something about maybe an expansion as well. Yeah, so we are certainly looking for uh, staff, and you can find that at the RockfordFamilyPeaceCenter.org. You can find that on the Rockford Family Peace Center Facebook page or on the City of Rockford's Facebook page as well. So there's a number of opportunities, I want to say, between five and eight hiring opportunities. And what we're seeing is the center's having great success, and that's really wonderful and also really sad. 
uh, it's sad because you know you hope uh, we. I think we all hope all nonprofits go out of business because uh, they don't have anyone to serve. Uh, and this one is in business and is serving a tremendous amount of people at a quick uh, and rapid pace. Uh, we certainly know already that we're going to have to expand the center. We do have a site uh, that has been donated to us that is a potential for that expansion, so we'll work towards that. But I, realistically, Steve, uh, and I don't want to give any false promises, we're you know 18 months to 32 months away from that expansion just uh, from a financial standpoint. Great. Always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, the transparency and the info always uh, good. I think the more information we all have, the better we can make our own opinions and judgments. Absolutely, and thanks again for giving me this opportunity. And really, I, I mean it. I hope you have a really wonderful new year, and thanks for all that you do, Steve. It's Rockford Mayor Tom McNamara on This Week in the State Line. Thanks for listening. Join us next Sunday morning at 6 for another edition of This Week in the State Line, or subscribe to the podcast at rockfordradio.com. This Week in the State Line is produced by Midwest Family Illinois.